Hey, everybody, when you hear that music, you know it's time for another exciting episode of On the Ladder Side of Baseball. And I'll tell you what, today is going to be our last, not forever, calm down out there, folks. It's going to be our last episode until spring training starts. Pitchers and catchers report in a couple of weeks. Dodgers get there early. You know, you got to get there early because you got a billion or two billion to to show for your money. You got to parade them out there. But uh, game start, end of February. We'll be back at it. Get Craig Deshaun. We'll get Dwayne Stats. We'll get uh, John Wathan. We'll get some new guys. We'll have a good time. It's always fun for our fifth exciting year on the lighter side of baseball on Spotify, Apple, iTunes, SoundCloud, and everywhere else in the world that you're podcast. Speaking of podcasts, you know, when we started five years ago, there were a few people that didn't have a podcast. And so I thought, well, this would be fun. It's kind of innovative. Give me something to do as I get older and older and older and older and older. And, uh, you know, the snow's out here in Chicago, so what can I do? Anyway, um, now everybody's got a podcast, man. Everybody, but none of them like on the lighter side of baseball. I'm telling you what. We don't have any sponsors to annoy. We don't have a fan base to ridicule us because we don't ever see any other fans other than the four or 500 people that I know and see and run into personally who love the show. Anyway, enough of that. Uh, we have had a little bit of action from the Cubs. Oh, my God. They signed a pretty good relief pitcher, uh, which I think was a smart move. Hector Neres, I'm not sure how he pronounces his name. Big guy, cheap contract, because he can't find home plate. Now, you say that's a problem for a relief pitcher who walks a lot of batters. Mm, you're right. And that's why we got him for $9 million. Josh Hader, on the other hand, went to, uh, I'm just going to call him Hector because I can't pronounce his last name. Uh, Hader went to Hector's old team, the Houston Astros, who also signed. Um, oh gosh, another guy that's played for everybody, and um, he'll be playing for the Astros. So, hey, great. We get Hector and uh, they get Josh Hader. I would take Josh Hader, but hey, that's just me. The Cubs think Azalea is the answer to their uh, closer. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Does he come back from his arm injuries? Do they use him a little differently? Do they have Hector now who can give them a little relief and have somebody else in there for a close? I don't know. Will they have anything to close? I don't think so. They need some power hitting. They need a star. Hey, somebody I want to go out and watch every day. On the south side, in addition to the new stadium that they're talking about, uh, they're at least making a few deals that are pretty mediocre. Come on, Jerry. Anyway, maybe he's saving his money for a new ballpark. I don't think Jerry's going to fork out the money. Uh, you know, that's the deal. They say no public money for the White Sox new ballpark, um, where they should have built it in the first place, but they didn't. And will they cover up that view of the Chicago skyline looking north from South Clark Street, I don't know. Anyway, uh, you know, 
as the, I hate to say it because I, I have a, a place in downtown Chicago, but it is a little alarming uh, that the gunfire, which used to be pretty much around what I would call Comiskey Park and the wards, they don't call them precincts out here, wards and aldermen. The wards basically around Comiskey or the cell or G-rate field, whatever you want to call it. Those, uh, is, that's where the crime happened to be, unfortunately. Now, it's moving a little bit north. I mean, there have been some shootings, not to mention the grab, uh, smash and grabs, a ditch, dine and ditch. That, that was maybe in my day a little lesser known crime. I didn't commit the crimes. I just heard about them. Anyway, so you've got some shootings that were kind of uh, in the middle part of the city. And then last week, there was an ambush of a couple students who were gunned down by two or three or four uh, criminals who jumped out of a couple cars and started shooting. Was it targeted? I don't know. Probably. Did they care who they hit? I don't think so. So you could have been getting out of Miller's Pub after having a nice slab of ribs or the Palmer House and bam, 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 bam. Now, I'm a proponent of crime in Chicago isn't that much worse than anywhere else. But you know what? Most enough. Let's get on with it. So that's my deal on that crime in the city. That's not going to be a TV show. Everybody has a podcast. We've covered that. The Hall of Fame admitted, in addition to Jimmy Leland, who we were very fortunate to have Mike Diaz on our last podcast, who played for Leland and thinks very, very, very highly of him. And he is uh, certainly suited for the Hall of Fame, and he's going to be enshrined in Cooperstown this summer. Be a nice little trip to Cooperstown in the uh, latter part of July. It's always been my experience that there's no better place to go for a few days than Cooperstown, New York. Anyway, in addition to Leland, who once was on the coaching staff of the Chicago White Sox with our good friend Dave Nelson, uh, Adrian Beltre, Joe Maurer, and my personal favorite, Todd Hilton. Those three guys, in addition to Leland and being sworn into the Hall of Fame, enshrined, as they say. Now, Beltre, you know, he kind of had a mediocre career. Then he turned 30, and bam, he was off to the races. Compare the career he had with the career Barry Bonds would be to invite unwarranted comparisons to some of Bonds' habits, which, for the record, did not in any way, shape, or form include Beltran. At least that's the book on Beltran. Uh, you know, he, his head didn't get to be eight feet in diameter, and, uh, you know, he didn't start, well, he started hitting more home runs. But anyway, he's clean. He's clean. You're asking, get off it, man. Don't even think. You're starting to stir up a little controversy. No. Joe Maurer becomes the youngest at 40, will be the youngest member of the Hall of Fame. Sandy Koufax, 
who I think was the greatest pitcher of all time, or in my life anyway, he was inducted at the age of 36, but now he's like in his 90s, and we're all getting older. Mm, sad truth. Maybe it's a good truth. Happy truth. Anyway, where am I going with this? Anyway, so Joe Maurer, <laughs> you know, their first ballot, boom. Uh, you know, Beltre, first ballot, boom. You know, was the talent so watered down when these guys retire that five years after they retired, they get in on the first ballot? And Billy Wagner, who's been trying to get in and in and in and in for year after year after year, doesn't get in, falls five votes short? I, I don't I don't know. I don't, uh, believe me, I don't get some of the voting in the Hall of Fame. And there there are a bunch of really good guys, starting with, you know it, Roger Maris. How the God, I don't get that. How do you keep Maris out of the Hall of Fame? Two-time MVP winner broke Babe Ruth's record now. That in and of itself in the Hall of Fame. If you don't kiss the ass of the sports writers, uh and and if you're not if you're not a you know closing in on four hundred, I don't know, you have a tough time. And uh so even if you do, even if you're nice, I guess, Don Mattingly couldn't have a nicer guy. And uh, why isn't he in the Hall of Fame? You know, for seven or eight years, there's nobody better at first base. Well, he played first base. Well, you heard Mike Diaz. It's not exactly a walk in the park to play first base any more than third base, shortstop, so whatever. So Mattingly's getting screwed. Um, you know, they're trying to start a little momentum for Kenny Lofton. I don't see it, man. I don't see it at all. I don't see, I, I don't know. I guess you got to have somebody. They had a couple of years where they didn't have anybody, so they didn't like that. So now they've kind of gone overboard. I think, you know, Pujols is coming down the line. Bam, he'll, who can vote against that guy? I don't know. So anyway, it's a weird deal, but it's a fun deal. And uh, as for me, as I said in the last podcast, from a, uh, financial standpoint i'm pretty happy i got a couple autographed bats by todd helton because nelly who has a great who had a great feel for who was going to be great got uh bats from todd helton and um it, it, there were some other stories during the during the week of guys asking helton for you know bats and he very good guy now i learned a little bit about about helton number one he has been on my diet since he got out of baseball, which I like. That's great. Number two, dude can grow a great beard, which I can't. And number three, I, I had no idea that he was a starting quarterback at uh, the University of Tennessee. And uh, he and Peyton are like best buds. And he is um, seems pretty quiet. And I think he was pretty happy, but it, I'm not sure he thought he was getting in. Joe Maurer, on the other on the other hand, uh, man, I, you know, he led led the league two or three times in hitting. He had impressive stats, caught for a while, but then due to some concussions, went over to first base, and uh, he, he's good. But you know, when I think of the Hall of Fame, I think of Mickey Mantle, 
I think of Sandy Koufax. I think of Don Drysdale. I think of Bob Gibson. I think of George Brett, Tony Gwynn, da 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 da. I don't think of Joe Maurer. I'm sorry. I don't think of Adrian Beltre. Sorry. Those guys got into the first ballot. Derek Jeter, there's a first ballot. Mariano Rivera, first ballot. Um, so wow, I, I just I don't I don't get it. Todd Helton, I, I probably wouldn't think, you know, of Todd Helton as a Hall of Famer, except that I have his bat. So I'm totally um prejudicial on that. I don't have any room. I'm gonna have to take one of my Hall of Fame bats down. You can you can uh you can you can tell that I have about a hundred bats of Mostly Hall of Famers, although a few snuck in that aren't Hall of Famers. Don Mattingly, who I really thought was a good guy and got to know him when I represented him. And unfortunately, not on his contract. I mean, you know, it was just a little bit more serious than speeding through downtown Kansas City. But much. Anyway, that's the scoop on that. Uh, the Cubs have done nothing more to get anybody that can hit. Not, you know, Bellinger. Every day, everybody looks and sees if the Cubs signed Bellinger, they got a deal close. No, it's Scott Boris. Uh, Blake Snell is still out. Uh, Bellinger's still out. And um, a couple other guys of Scott Boris. Screw Scott Boris. God, he's annoying. Rich, but annoying. When Adrian Beltre's family had half of, God love him. I mean, there's no reason why you don't celebrate that. He had a ton of people in the Dominican Republic at his nice house and they were all excited and he and he had his wife and his kids on the sofa when he was interviewed by the guys at the MLB network and uh seemed like a nice guy. Who but Scott friggin' Boris is at his house. Yeah, okay, Scott, there's another five thousand six hundred and fiftieth player you've got making over a million dollars a year. Am I you know a sour grape? You bet. He started representing guys about when I did. Um, unfortunately, he's still representing guys. And, you know, I did have Al Jones. God love him. Jonesy was good. Uh, unfortunately, he hurt his arm before he signed a real contract. But, you know, hey, I appreciated Alfornia. Yeah, Jonesy He's a good guy, good pitcher. I think you heard me say he saved Tom Seaver's first three American League wins. And then I represent a bunch of guys that dump me, dump me. One of which I'm going to try to get on the podcast, Johnny Cangelosi, a teammate and friend of Mike Diaz. So anyway, there you have it. Fun day, fun day. Hitting the road, going to take the show west, going to try to line up maybe somebody out in California that I can uh, uh, do on a podcast. Never know. In the meantime, uh, we had a segment that I promised the listening audience, about, I called it gaming. And then I was reminded by most of my kids and grandkids that gaming means like video gaming. And I meant like going to the racetrack and put a trifecta down at the derby and winning. That's what I call gaming. Um, gambling, betting, I don't know what you call it. But anyway... Um, our next guest, who, who is now on this segment, uh, none other than my own flesh and blood, my own son, Andrew, will uh, talk about uh, some of the things going on in the world of betting. Because as we know, 
the betting venues, the access to gambling is increasing. And it's just a joke. I mean, talk about the lighter side of whatever. Uh, every TV, every game, radio, TV, they all have, there, there's gobs of places you can bet. Um, bet Rivers, MGM, Bet, ESPN. I mean, every place has gambling. And and so um, it's important, I think, to get somebody that can sort of explain um, what's going on and to take it sort of slow. It, it, what cracks me up is that on all these commercials, they're all saying, well, if you have a gambling problem, call this number. Um, but you know, your first $5 bet, if you win, we'll pay you 200 free. Isn't that like, here, Try this cocaine. If you like it, I'll get you a couple more. No charge, baby. It's on the house. Oh, if you have a cocaine drop problem, here's a counselor to talk to. I don't get it. I really don't. I'm looking for a prostitution to make a comeback on the uh, national stage. Because you got marijuana, now you got Betty, and why not prostitution? I don't get it. You know, I don't get it. But there are a lot of things I don't get. So we're going to take a little break. Because I can't think of anything. We had talked about the Hall of Fame. Um, we talked a little bit about the, uh, um, Cubs, um, you know, there've been some signings by the time spring training rolls around 95% of the free agents will have signed. I mean, Reese, Reese, whatever his name is, is going to the Brewers. Um, you've got guys signing everywhere. If they don't sign with the Dodgers, I guess that's news. The Dodgers keep signing everybody. I mean, how are they going to have a 26-man squad with anybody making the minimum? I don't know. Don't know. But I'm going to enjoy, hopefully, taking in a few games of spring training in March. Just have to wait and see. So we're going to take a little break. When we come back, we'll hear none other than the exciting activities in the world of gambling featuring none other than Andrew Uretsky. Hold on, and we'll be back in a minute. Hey, everybody. Welcome to year six of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And it is anything but baseball weather here in Chicago. I'm sure most of the country has got the same conclusion with respect to the weather. But we're going to talk a little bit about the gaming world. And I've got the legendary gambling wizard, my son, Andrew Uretsky, on the podcast for a few minutes. And uh, just uh, wishing you Happy New Year, buddy. I guess I've done that earlier. Happy New Year to you. Uh, pleasure pleasure to be on the show again for the third time. Yeah, good. Thanks. Well, I think you take the lead on uh, all your siblings. And and so uh, I just want to uh, I, I tell the listening audience that we have it on video feed. And, and Andrew usually has a spectacular background. The last time we did it, I thought he was out in Las Vegas for the podcast, which it's a good idea to do. But um, how's the world of... Uh, I guess it's intrastate gambling because in uh, in Missouri, for example, I don't think you can pick up your phone and, and lay a bet. But in other jurisdictions that you're familiar with, you can, right? Yeah, I think they're up to last I heard, like 41 states that have some form of 
sports betting in, in some form, I think. And although that may include like the uh, underdog fantasy and prize picks, which are the pickums that I think I've heard the Kansas City sports radio touting like prize picks, pickums, those sorts of things where you pick several uh, different players to get a certain amount of, well, in baseball, it'd be hits or home runs or walks or that sort of thing. So I'm not very familiar with this part of the world, but <clears throat> with FanDuel and DraftKings and some of those deals on the earlier, uh, well, the end of the season, <clears throat> they would come on and pick like, looked to be like a, a, a in-game parlay where somebody pick one guy to get a certain number of hits and another guy to hit a home run and a pitcher to strike out a certain number and put that together, which I guess is a parlay. I don't know. You tell me. Correct. That's, uh, that's FanDuel's biggest, uh, probably biggest moneymaker. What's called a single game parlay where you, you uh, parlay several things within the same game. It's often, as you said, it's a player's individual stats. You can you can also parlay that with like the the point spread or or the uh, we're gonna have some bread. kids on. <laughs> yeah, here's Bryn. All right, Bryn, what's up? Are we starting over or no? We're st- we're keeping going, man. We had our first caller of the year. It was my granddaughter, Bryn Yaretsky. Oh, my goodness. She was full of interesting comments about the weekend of championship football and their disappointment that the Longhorns weren't in the finals. But anyway, uh, that was nice of Bryn to visit the show. And uh, we're going to have a lot of guests this year, including uh, some that are over five to six years old. Andrew, back to the world of uh, of gambling. I got a lot of questions. Um with respect to, let's talk about sports books that, you know, typically I think of a sports book like in the hotels in Las Vegas uh, with the Supreme Court rulings are, are there more sports books than just Vegas and New Jersey? And can you have a sports book anywhere now? Uh, yeah, it depends on the state, but there are definitely sports books throughout the country that I know, as you said, Jersey is probably the biggest outside of Vegas this moment. And I think does the Chicago have actual they have sports book like at the stadium, right? Um, the Cubs put in a sports book through DraftKings that I haven't been in yet, and I I don't think that it has access to the ballpark, so you just it's attached. But I don't know if there's any um, ingress and egress, as we said in law school. Those are big words for the lighter side of baseball. But like yeah. um, the new casino opened in Chicago downtown at the Medina Temple on a temporary basis while they build the new casino over in the Chicago Tribune property. And I have not gone over there yet, but I want to. Now, they just finally, uh, it, it accommodates me now because it's 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So I can I can go over there, uh, you know, normally when I'm awake at three in the morning and 
win a couple thousand bucks on the blackjack tables. Yeah, there you go. But I don't know if they have a, like, would they be able to have a sports book? Uh, where you? Some of them definitely can. I don't know. It depends on the state. And I mean, it's still, I have to think 90% plus of their money is online mobile, mobile betting. But correct me if I'm wrong, from your room that you're sitting in now, you can get on the phone and bet on the NBA action tonight? Correct. Getting bets going today? Not at the moment. Nothing on tonight. No. Uh, so, of the sports that come to my mind, obviously football, basketball, baseball, hockey, uh, basketball, if I didn't say that, can you, from your home in Virginia or my home in Illinois, bet on any of those? professional sports yeah you can virginia's weird you can bet on anything except college sports you're not allowed to bet on virginia teams and you're also not allowed to do college player props in virginia so you can't like the player props where you do bet on like a basketball player to score a certain amount of points you cannot do that college wise in virginia which is ridiculous but that's another another story so So, that's for any college player so you can't take the KU guy and and do a prop bet on him right you can bet on the actual game unless it's a Virginia college but you cannot bet on individual player props in Virginia so in college I I cannot name one college basketball player I cannot name one NBA player right now, I don't think. Is Draymond Green, is he an NBA guy? He is an NBA, yeah. So, for example, you could do a prop bet on him? Correct. And yeah, would this I, be you, scoring or would it be rebounds, assists? You can bet on any of that. Wow. Scoring, rebounds, assists. And so how do you clear the bet once you make it and win? Um, it just, they pay it into your account. And is your account, and I don't mean you particularly, but is your account in the United States or is it offshore? Uh, I mean, all the regulated, the U.S. like DraftKings FanDuel, it's, it's all in the U.S. And if I ask a question you don't think you can answer due to criminal class, I'm just kidding. I'm assuming. No, I mean, all it- so... You know, do you have any idea in a ballpark figure how much revenue is raised in a in a calendar year now that sports betting is legal? I've heard billions of dollars just in Illinois. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the exact number. It's it's certainly in the billions. As far as how much the state gets of it, that I don't know. It's it's less than they envisioned i think in many cases but uh okay now let's start elementarily to me a bet is uh in in my betting world which is limited to maybe very rare the money line is the point spread right no (laughs) great what's the money line The, the point spread is the point spread the money line is betting on the team just to win or lose 
Okay, so let's take the Chiefs versus Buffalo on on Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. It's coming up. Right now, the point spread appears to be on my phone, two and a half points. Correct. And the, the, the Chiefs are the underdogs. Correct. It's even shaded slightly to the Bills, where it's actually at minus 120 on the Bills right now. So you have to bet. If you're betting the Bills at minus two and a half, you have to bet $120 to win 100 currently, which means that more people are betting on the Bills right now, and they're trying to get more people to bet the Chiefs. And it also means that it's likely the line will be minus three by game time because that many more people are betting on the Bills currently. So if I have a $500 bet and I just want to I take the Chiefs and I give up the and I get the points. Can I do that without getting into 120 versus 100 or bet 500? I assume if I no, bet- it's always. I mean, the standard, like 90 plus percent of the bets are going to be minus 110 on each side, where where you have to bet 110 to win 100, or you bet 100 to win 91 dollars or whatever. But like that's that's what that's the vig that that if like in. In the vast majority of bets, there's it's minus one ten on both the minus two and a half and the plus two and a half, so that you're having to bet one ten to win a hundred on whether you're betting the Chiefs or the Bills. So if I bet a hundred and ten to win a hundred, and I go to that same casino in Chicago and put a hundred dollars on red, I've got a better chance of doubling my money. Than I'm hearing with the bet at a hundred. No, no, because you have the zero and double zero. That's that's why they uh, <laughs> right. But it's I've, not a fifty-fifty. Right. That's, if that's, I win, there. Uh, okay, it's forty-eight percent. Right. You had forty-eight percent chance to win at roulette. Uh, Maybe forty-six. I don't think that's right. It's more than that. I mean, it's it's less than that. But can I win more money on red black than I could on that hundred twenty hundred? I mean, all I do is, um, I guess I get a hundred. One hundred twenty, yeah, probably you would like just straight up. But in sports betting, it's obviously not a coin flip. You're if you're making a bet, you're doing it at least theoretically because you think that bet is better than the other one. So I know another dumb another. Dumb question with the 110 to win or 100 to win 110, 110 to win, however it works. If you bet 100, does that mean you only cleared 10 bucks? You get your $100 back and then $10? No, you get you get your $100 back plus $91 so the, in that case. And that difference if you is, bet 110, you get 210 back. Like, Oh, who pays the juice? The big, the bookie. Well, it's it's your losses that pay that. Like you putting a hundred and ten down. If you lose that hundred and ten, you're losing more than they would pay out if you win the one hundred. So that's that's the juice. Okay. The juice is in your losses. You don't. So if I win on on my bet with the Illinois, um. Cricket River Casino or whatever it's called. Bet Rivers. Betriver.com. 
I get and I win, I get a hundred under that scenario, I get my hundred plus another hundred and ten. Correct. If you bet one ten. So they put another extra hundred and ten back in my account and don't take my hundred out. They put an extra hundred. They would have already taken a hundred and ten out. Oh, uh, okay, I see. They put that back in. Right. The, when you make the bet, they'll take out $110. Your account will go down 110 And then if you win the bet, you'll get paid back that 110 plus another 100 So I'm in the demographic of old, you know, 70 to 80. On the lighter side of 70 than 80. But most of my contemporaries probably know more than I do about gambling. But like... It seems to me um, that the baseball bets used to be goofy where they would put the 120 to win 100 as opposed to just putting 50 on the over-under. Can you still, like, the over-under is 45 and a half for the Chiefs. Can I put $100 on the over-under without getting into 110 to win 100? Or is that the same way, too? Uh, No, that's the same way. Wow, but uh, I mean, baseball, baseball used to be almost only money line. Like you just bet on team to win. That's why, that's what you're talking about. It used to just be like minus two hundred versus plus two hundred type. Okay, and so the the they set the odds. So where the Chiefs are going to get three points if I take the money line, the points don't matter. Right, and the they're probably around plus 150 or so right now plus 140 currently so that the my the plus two and a half equates to plus 140 approximately so if i wanted to win 100 bucks i'd have to bet 140 no no if it's the if it's a plus it's the other way if you if you bet 100 you win 140 okay i would have to take you with me when i you know venture into this. you just have to you just have to do it it only takes a few uh you bet to get the hang of it. So, which of the four major sports, and I'll include hockey, basketball, NBA, NFL, MLB, and um, what am I leaving out? Hockey, football, basketball, and baseball. Right. And golf. Wow. Which Which gets the biggest... Um, book, the whatever you call the money bet. Oh, NFL by a mile. Really? Yeah. In your life, which gets the biggest share of your time? Energy? Um, probably golf. Actually, <laughs> golf or NFL. I I really enjoy golf betting. It's it's a it's one of the more fun sports to bet on, in my opinion. So what's it's fun about simple. what's uh, different about it than uh, the NFL? I don't know. It's just it's it's simpler. Well, it's not necessarily simpler. You you get like four days of what's called sweating your golfer. That's like the the gambling term of if you have like someone close to the lead, it's kind of fun for it. Although it also makes it the worst because <laughs> it's also in some sense not fun sweating for a few days but um i don't know i just it's it's fun well i enjoy watching golf too so 
Okay. Um, what's it, what would a, your favorite bet be in golf? I assume it's not just Jordan Spieth to win. Right, right. That's, that's what, that's what I do too much of, but the, the real people that make money betting on sports are betting on matchups where it's like basically a money line, one golfer versus another for that week, which is oh. similar, like minus 200 versus plus 200. And, and, uh, yeah, for sure. The people that make money betting on golf, which is not, not a ton of people, but they're betting the vast majority of their, of their uh, money on those sorts of things, because there's, as you said, like betting on Jordan speed to win is the variance is very high. It, it rarely happens. So if you, you're, you're having a good year, if you like pick basically four, if you're having, if you pick like four or five golfers to win the tournament, that's a probably a really good year. I'd say. You mean why, four or five golfers that win different tournaments. Right. Right. To win. Like if you pick the winner of like four different tournaments for like, Although lately it's gotten to where the long shots have not been winning as much. It's, it's a lot of the plus 1,000. So so you can't win as much money. As, definitely last year there were there were very few, if any, like over 40 to ones that won it. It was a lot of the, the big name guys that won a lot of tournaments last year. Does that have anything to do with Liv uh, breaking away? No, I don't think so. I think it part of it has to do with just I think golf betters getting better. The better bettors with an OR getting better at betting golf to where just the by the tee off time of the the uh, betting community has picked out the golfers that are likely to win that week. So it's, I think it's just gotten more efficient. Bet the, can you bet on Jordan Spieth or somebody to finish in the top five or the top 10 or the top 20? Yeah, you can bet all those. You can bet top five, top 10, top 20. So if you were to compare that to roulette, it would be like taking the 1 to 12 or 13 to whatever. Right, yeah, similar to that. But it's even less for like for top 20 even like the worst golfer in the field is only going to be like plus like five to one plus 500 basically that, but like top five, you can get some for some of the lower golfers you can get. So did you bet the on problem with that? What's that? Bet on space to win the century. No, I didn't. I didn't. Did well, no one bet. Not many people. The century. Uh, no, I didn't have the winner there. Yeah. Oh, Kirk, I mean, but um, one of the things that seems new to me is the ability for in-game bets to change. In other words, the line, I guess, moves. Is that, can you address that? Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, they just, which sport are you talking about? Well, let's talk about football since we're getting ready for the Chiefs to beat the uh, uh, the Bills in Buffalo this week. If um, you know you bet the money line, or you bet the spread, or you do something, and uh, 
do you start off with one bet and then as the game progresses do you continue to bet yeah so i mean occasionally that there, there was a several years ago it was uh I made quite a bit of money betting like the Chiefs. When the Chiefs would go down, they would, like the live line would be way off. Like they would, in my opinion anyway, that they would like not give the Chiefs enough credit for coming back type thing. It's, it's gotten a lot more difficult lately that like the Chiefs will go down like 14 nothing and the line will barely move these days. It's pretty so funny. you refer to it as the live line? Yeah, the live line. Yeah, meaning, meaning, just meaning the game. That's what live betting, like you talk about live betting. So the live line is just the line is the betting line. So whether you bet on uh, the point spread, like say the the Chiefs are like seven point favorites, and if the Chiefs score the first touchdown, the live line will probably go to Chiefs minus ten or even minus eleven or something. And then, but if the other team were to score the first touchdown, it would probably go to like, like I said, it was saying it'll, it would barely move. The, it would probably go to like minus five, honestly. Like it would barely move. But, so um, would you continue to place bets then if it seemed like? Sometimes it, it can go either really, <laughs> really well or really poorly, <laughs> depending um, on whether this year it's got, it hasn't gone. Great, because the Chiefs have not come back a lot this year. They've they've come down and lost a lot of games. So does the line? How many times would the line change during the course of a one-hour game? It changes every every minute, basically. Like when they're driving, when one team's driving down, it changes. And the the key is, you know, you never want to do live betting like if it's not during a timeout or something, because your your feed is. Well, especially with streaming now, some feeds are like 15 to 20 seconds behind, but oh. your feed is, no matter what, your feed is always going to be slower than the, the sportsbook speed. So you, you pretty much never want to make bets unless it's during some sort of timeout or stoppage because it's, you, know, you can get a, you could like, like I've had happen where I'm like, wow, why, why is the line like this? And then you realize you're actually like, you were paused for like, 30 seconds or so you're actually like a minute behind the actual game yeah <laughs> and then it's like oh that's why that's why the line was that i did that right. for the game seven right. of the world series when the cubs won i know you've heard that story and so has everybody right. else but the um yeah i always wondered about how many times you would chase that the live line down down the field in football um or even you know basketball you get into you know, the Super Bowl, you get into the Final Four, you get into the Stanley Cup Finals, and, you know, all of a sudden the viewing public gets more excited. I don't know right. if that equates to the betting public. No, it does, and it definitely uh, – they've gotten better about – like the sports books have gotten better about not adjusting quite as much when something happens for certain teams, like I said, the Chiefs, that's what, that's what, what I know the most of. And then, then uh, a big thing these days is like second half lines, like it's betting because the sports books, uh, 
they'll set the you can you can bet the second half of the games and so the sports books will figure out their line for the second half but then once the second half starts they they're not properly adjusting their their live lines they're like they're adjusting it as if it's the pregame like criteria of what they thought the game was going to be i got you so so yeah you can uh you can bet at any moment but pro tip don't only bet during timeouts (laughs) and i mean uh, is your success rate better at pregame or live bet um I don't I don't have the exact numbers that I would say live betting though. But um as I said it it hasn't been good live betting the Chiefs this year. Yeah. <laughs> but previous years it was really good. <clears throat> Do you tend to bet the same teams all the time? Um not all the time, but but often yeah, often you if because if you I don't know if you have an opinion on one team that you think is slightly different than the market, then then yeah, you try to focus on that team, and it, it also helps to try to focus on like either one division or something because if you're betting every game, you're you're definitely not winning money, but. So are there any outrageous lines for the uh, division rounds yet that you've seen? No, I don't. That's the NFL is like, it's notoriously the, the hardest to beat because it, there's so much money that the line gets to the right place quicker than anything else in terms of uh, where it should be. College basketball, I don't do it ton of college basketball betting but that's kind of a it's an area where the if you if you have a good model you can definitely get an edge because there's so many games that they have to the sports books have to deal with and they're definitely missing spots there but like in a playoff weekend like there's there's not really an edge that you can have really so i mean obviously you look for an edge rather than emotional betting. Right. That's that's the goal. Yeah, the, the Chiefs bets are probably a little too emotional, but um and then the the one the other area these days like we talked about is the player props. That's kind of the that's another area that you actually are the you can beat the sports books because they're putting out so many different lines that they that they aren't really all that familiar with and then especially the Super Bowl where you can bet on everything. So in baseball, for example, where there are eighteen batters that are in the starting lineups for the two teams, does each one have a prop bet? I mean you could bet it no matter who it is. Um have prop bets on the start. The majority of them, maybe some don't, but certainly any of the names that you would recognize will have prop bets. And do those have live lines? Where you change yeah. the course of the game? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, the big thing in baseball now is is betting on the first five innings because that's that's a much more uh predictable 
thing that'll happen before it gets to the bullpen. So like I'd say the majority of people betting baseball like that are profitable nowadays are betting on the first five innings. So Snell will strike out six and a half in the first five innings. Um right. Well, I'm more talking about like the line, like the who wins the game, like the money line and the the point spread. But I imagine they do also have I don't know if they do have prop bets for the first like so with a pitcher, can, it wouldn't be as important because so the Cubs are playing the Dodgers and you can pick a winner of after five innings. Right. That's like a big big bet these days. That's what most people are doing. That's pretty cool. Because it because it's much more predictable about based on the starting pitchers and the lineups and you don't have to worry about the relievers. Who does the predictability favor? The house, the the house or the um, individual? I think it well, I don't know if it favors I think it favors the the smartest people like like the really good betters, it favors them. And then it also favors probably the books against people that aren't as good or better. Uh, what about horse racing? Um, what is about it? Is that lucrative? Um, for me or in general? In general. I don't <laughs> want to get into your private escapades. It's, I mean, I enjoy, I enjoy betting on the horses as well, but, uh, it's not all that lucrative for me. Uh, and it's it's not all that lucrative in general. I I would say it's gone downhill probably year over year for a while now. But uh So I think I told you I had a podcast listener on the lighter side of baseball say, This is Sandy Uretsky. I I saw a podcast or some sort of a deal on uh on horse racing and betting at horse racing. Was that Oh yeah, yeah, I think you mentioned that. That was probably my interview I did with, with Kevin Kilroy who's He's a Kansas. He's a guy I know from Kansas, or some friends of some friends from Kansas, KU. But, Which uh, is, is he involved in the racing world? He is. He just he just started working. Uh, he does like announcing, or he announces down at the fairgrounds in New Orleans. He just he's just got the job a few years ago now, I think. And so he's he was kind of just a recreational horse better, but then he. He, uh, I don't know how he, I think he, I guess he just really wanted to get into the horse racing commentary. So he's, he's been doing that at fairgrounds the last few years. I mean, doesn't horse racing take a lot of handicapping in terms of if you're going to do it in an educated way? It does. And that's another, like, uh, they're, uh, it's difficult to beat. They're, they're like teams of, like computer, what they call computer teams that have these massive uh, algorithms that, like for the pick fives and pick sixes, the like the twenty, the cheaper pick sixes, like it, uh, it it's very hard for like an individual to to beat them because they're much better at covering every horse that needs to be covered, et cetera. And so there's kind of a push among the community to have like higher like one dollar even two dollar pick pick fives and pick sixes where it gets like extremely expensive to like do more than i mean you, you're always going to do more than one horse on some races but you're going to need to find like one horse and 
a couple races and if it's a dollar or else just going to be a multiple thousand dollar pick five ticket if, if you're picking multiple horses but a pick five or a pick six would be in the same race no no pick five is picking the winner of in five in five straight races and a pick six is picking the winner in six straight races and so you pick like you do your handicapping and you you pick some races where they're like they're wide open races where you don't it's tough to pick a winner you pick several horses but then the more expensive the pick five gets and you have to kind of single what's called singling which is pick one horse in a couple races or else it just gets extremely expensive really quickly like if you were to pick if it's a dollar pick six and you take like i don't i don't want to do the math i guess but if you were to take like three horses in each race and a dollar pick six it'd probably be it'd be several thousand dollars in terms of what you lay out right because it's the combinations of each the combinations that you have three by three by three by three by three so it's like a, a lot of money but um but you'd win a lot of money well you'd win you well the, the amount you win depends on how many other people pick the winners so like oftentimes in if there's no long shot if the favorites win every the favorites win every race then you would actually lose a ton of money on that ticket like because you'd probably only get paid back a few hundred dollars and you put in a few thousand but if if a long shot winner wins then then you'd be one of the a lot fewer people would win the pick six so it's all dependent on how many other people had the winners too so you can do those best still from your living room you don't have to go to pimlico right i can it, in Virginia, there's again. It it depends on the state, but but in Virginia, you can. Yeah. So, what's a, tr- a trifecta would be what? That's the top three in a single race. That so you pick. Right. And what's a super trifecta? A superfecta. That's the top four in a single race. Have you ever done that? Yeah. I mean, well, the, the Kentucky Derby is fun because, like, the trifectas can pay out like thousands of dollars because there's there's just it's there's so much more money at the Kentucky Derby than any other race, really, in terms of the betting. Because <laughs> the, that's the only race that the vast majority of people will ever bet on is the Kentucky Derby. And again, you can do that from your home, right? Or you can do it from any other. I guess they have um, uh, when you can go to another tra- you can go to Pimlico and bet on the races at Hialeah for example if those tracks are still open yeah I haven't been to Pimlico but but yeah you can bet on right you can bet it's called uh, what is it called um, simulcast where you right. bet on the races anywhere from Pimlico. So, you know, on the sports talk shows, as it gets closer to a football game or a college game day, they have guys come on and say that these are cold locks and dial 1-800 and you get a free deal and I'll give you the, the uh-huh. 
hips. Are those, is that true? No, never fall. <laughs> they don't know what they, they sound know. pretty good. They like, oh, we won 85 bets out of 90. Of course, how do you prove that? So that exactly that's uh, so in craps, they say that the field bet's a sucker bet. What's the biggest sucker bet in uh, in your sphere? Uh, I don't know. I don't know that there is a. Um, I mean, what's a guy like somebody that doesn't do it very often? I open up an account at DraftKings, and they say they'll give me two hundred dollars for free if I just, you know, win the five dollar bet with the Packers over the over the uh, Carolina Cougars. Yeah, is that? I mean, th- I mean, that's, just that's that I mean, that's sucking you. You're not like. You know, giving a cocaine to somebody and and uh, setting that again. This is very hypothetical, but the whole thing in sp- the FanDuel and sports and uh, DraftKings, where they feed you the money, seems and then give you a, a commercial that says if you have a gambling problem, call this number. Right, it seems diametrically opposed. But- the drug dealer saying, "Hey, call this guy for drug counseling." After you give me a thought for the crack, but it's it's even worse than that because if you start winning, then they won't let you bet anymore. So it's like, <laughs> so it's even worse because like they they pretend that they want you to win, like the commercials say you can win, but then if you actually do start winning, then they won't let you bet anymore, or they'll only let you bet a dollar at a time. Really? Yeah, yeah. A lot of the books, FanDuel is like the best at not doing that, but. A lot of them, BetMGM, DraftKings, uh, I guess I probably shouldn't be naming names of, <laughs> but, uh, In your but yeah, a lot of them, a lot of them, like, if you actually start winning money, then they just won't let you bet anymore. So, it's, and then their commercials, like, pretend you can win. It's like, actually, you can't, because if you do win, then we won't let you bet anymore. It's like, it's so ridiculous. It, so it if you're a successful gambler, how do you, where do you lay your bets off? It's it's like impossible. They all have to, all the. I mean, I'm I'm adding myself as not a very successful gambler right now, but but uh, but yeah, all these guys, you have to have like accounts that you they get what they're are called beard. They call beard accounts where they're you have to like find a bunch of people that have accounts like where you're betting through like all these successful gamblers. They're betting through like twenty different accounts of like. And they get shut down. They have to find new accounts. Like, it's it's pretty the 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 hardest part of like being a like a successful sports gambler is like finding ways to get enough money down because the the sports books can cut you off, and it's pretty it's pretty obscene and absurd actually. But the um, it seemed to me that back in the days of bookies, which I didn't use, but some of my buddies would be on the fifth hole of a golf course right before kickoff when they'd get their bookie on the phone and they'd lay out, they, you know, tell them what they wanted and da, 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 da. It seems from what you've said in an earlier podcast with me on the lighter side of baseball, on the lighter side of gambling, that 
there's sometimes timing issues between placing the bet on your phone and having it actually hit. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the big ones aren't too bad about that, but some of them will like when you place a bet, it'll like it'll wait a second and and uh then they end up like not taping your bet or not taking as much money. Does they have the delayed broadcast or that that's a that's another yeah that is an issue like if you're doing live betting sometimes some of the worst sports books will will like wait to like they wait till and then if it went their way they'll they'll accept it and if not then they won't and like which is another reason not to bet except during timeouts so do you uh have the one place that you do you like do you bet with a a FanDuel kind of a company, or are there individual sports books around the state you can bet on with? Uh, they're uh, Virginia's pretty good. They have a number of, uh, they have like, I want to say eight or so sports books. And yeah, you always want to, uh, you always want to have a lot of different accounts because that's another part of being successful is always finding the better line because the lines will be different across different books. So you always want to, they're, uh, they're like websites you can go to that show the, the different lines at, at all the different sports books. So you can like pick different sports books for different types of bets, that sort of thing. I mean, do you rely on, on your own algorithms at all or do you just do research or how? Do you um, generally... mostly just research, uh, and, and also some form of like of looking at different sports books and seeing which line is different than others. But that's, that's often a good indication that that's a good bet. If like there's one that's behind, hasn't changed quick enough type thing. Oh, okay. So it's the reverse. A lot of people do. It's called a, it's called top down betting versus bottom up, which bottom up is like, where you build your own model. And so you come up with a number for each game, which I don't do. And then there's top down, which is like looking at the different lines across. And some people make a living doing that exclusively, but that also requires a big operation. So, I mean, if you're just a, a, a good gambler, a professional gambler, which, which sport is the, is the easy pickings? I don't. I mean, a lot of people swear by NFL just because you can get so much money down. But at the same time, a lot of people also say it's it's hard because it's so efficient. But I mean, I'd say the the people that are making the most money is NFL probably just because they can get you can get hundreds of thousands to millions of dollars down, particularly on the day of the game, but so but then, for, was there any limit? If I wanted to bet fifty grand on the Chiefs over the Bills, can I do that on FanDuel tomorrow? Um, no, you'd probably have to submit some form of income that you're not like you're not wagering your entire life savings type oh. thing. But but so, but beyond that, they wouldn't be. Tell them I they, sold my. If they knew that you were like. If you had money, like, yeah, you could, they would probably let you, I don't know. They, they probably don't like people just coming and betting because they're, they're afraid you're like 
have someone behind you that's like a good better that is trying to use your account or something. But um, you could certainly get you could certainly get several thousand down if you wanted to. Well, it's it, it sounds like they're more than happy to have you lose, but they don't like to see big winners, which I suppose is the way they build Las Vegas casinos. Right. Completely. But it it should be illegal though. Like Congress, like they're also losing out of, in my opinion, so many tax dollars by like, because the the people that would bet the most money are the winning betters too. Like, so in my opinion, they're missing out on a ton of tax dollars of the winning betters type thing. But, but the sports books are, their lobbying is just ridiculous so they can get away with anything pretty much. Is there still uh, online, um, poker um that dried up not there is in but it's like only in las vegas and new jersey like you have to be it's only like in trust state you're only betting against other people from las vegas or other people from new jersey so there's some there's some like offshore place but there's been like there have been recent like cheating uh where someone hacked into one of the big websites type things so yeah, it didn't full was it full tilt or, or back in the day? Yeah, that was back in the day. <laughs> yeah, nice. were those fun days? Not that you'd know, but those were yeah, those were real fun days in the early two thousand, mid two thousand. All right, so have you figured out who you're betting on this weekend? Everybody wants to know. Not, not, not really. I haven't. Uh, I haven't placed any bets yet. So if you bet today and the line changes tomorrow, do you get your line? From yeah. Place to that's bet? where it's different than horse racing. That's, horse racing is... You get what the when the race starts? Right. Although there are some people that have started doing horse racing fixed odds, but it hasn't taken off much. So, so yeah, I don't really have any good advice. Uh, I don't have any good betting advice. All right. Well, it's always interesting to Chief. talk. Chiefs plus Chiefs money line. <laughs> Bet it live when they go down. <laughs> well, I'll be in an airplane. I can't be betting, but I don't bet anyway. I don't know enough about it to do it, but it sounds like... You're in an airplane during the game? Yeah. I'll I'll get back for the second half, which, you know, we didn't get to see the game this weekend because of the NFL. You didn't have have the $5, the $5 peacock. My peacock had no colors. You're boycotting? No, I'm not boycotting. I didn't care that much about it. I I recorded it, watched the game the next day, and I'm still yelling, you know, about penalties and everything. So it was... uh, yeah, I could see it on my phone, what was going on pretty much, and uh, so it was good. All right, man. Well, it's interesting. I'm glad you've uh, – you obviously uh, – where did you learn all this stuff, just from doing it, or did you go to gambling college? Uh, doing it, I watch a lot of uh, a lot of YouTube videos about doing it. I mean, was now, you... I, now I just need to build a profitable model. Yeah, there you go. Would you recommend it to – 70-year-old guys that are looking for something to do besides play golf? Yeah. I mean, as long as you're 
betting small amounts for sure. It's, it makes the games more fun. Yeah. Cool. Now I've got a buddy that, you know, he'd make $5 bets on baseball games like every day. And, uh, you know, it did increase his interest in, in watching the sports. And that's kind of cool. All right. Well, well, on, the, on the flip side, it, it decreases your interest when you don't have money on the game. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it, it becomes less fun, although the NFL is still fun with fantasy and whatnot. But, but yeah, it, it definitely, uh, well, even more than that, you're, you're watching the game for like in a completely different way, especially golf, like, because you're rooting, like the old adage of you don't want to root against golfers. When you're betting on golf, you're definitely rooting against a lot of golfers. Pretty funny. So, well, so who you, you bet on kind of colors how you're watching that tournament. Yeah. Well, I guess That's, if you're doing live betting, it colors the enjoyment of just watching the game, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I don't do too much live betting, but but a lot of people do swear by live betting because it is kind of a – it's an area where you can gain an edge over the sports books because they're not as – it's a newer technology that they're not quite as good at. As long as you bet during a timeout. Right, exactly. What um, what about if you go to a casino and you go to the uh, sports book? Is it is there any advantage to being in the casino as opposed to your living room? Sports betting wise, no. Same deal. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, I mean, it's just, I know you're going to disagree with me, but isn't it just a crapshoot? One, way, I mean, every way you look. I mean, very few. I mean, it's not a outsmart. It's not a crapshoot. I mean, there are smart people are making money at it. It's not like, but the edge can be had. But it's are smart people losing money too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm gonna get controversial. What? I said I don't want to get controversial, but I mean, it's uh, a form of entertainment. It's right. Some people like to spend their money to. Well, go to base to go to baseball games, right? Who would who would do that? Guilty. So when we were, <laughs> who when, would spend four hundred dollars uh, to go to a baseball game? That's true, and you don't get any money back. You don't yeah, have, you have you no have, chance of getting money back. No chance of getting money back. So the, uh, I guess it was last World Series, not the last, not the very last World Series, but the World Series before that. <laughs> I was in Las Vegas and. These guys wanted me to, you know, tell them who was going to win the, you know, I th- I can't even remember who was in the World Series, maybe Philadelphia against God only knows. I should know. Anyway, so the, you know, they're telling me, well, you know all about baseball. And so uh, I said, yeah, I got a podcast, man. I mean, how much more do I need to know besides that? And so the they give me all the money to go, go bet. And the first day is good. And the second day, you know, they say, okay, you did that. Now here's more money. Go pick the winner. It's like, dude. Wait, what do you mean they gave, what do you, where so, were you placing you know, the bet? They gave me, they they pooled their money to go bet on a game. And you went to that Chicago, the Cubs? No, I was, in, I was in Las Vegas. Oh, okay. I marched on down from where they were gambling to the sports book. And I put some, okay. first gotcha. day a win. And then they think, you know, you're a hero. And uh, 
That's what I mean. It's a crapshoot. I mean, one of the two teams is going to win, and you invariably can't friggin' predict um, very well. I couldn't. It's difficult that yeah. anyone that makes money at it says it's an extremely difficult way to make money. Well, and if you, if you, the season ended in baseball and you picked the Rangers to beat the Diamondbacks in the World Series, you'd have probably made a lot of money even after the, yeah. after the season because it's just you can't predict who would think the Dodgers would ever lose to whoever beat them, the Diamondbacks, I guess, beat the Dodgers. I mean, that you just, the payroll sixty three million versus two hundred million. The, nobody yeah. in their right mind would bet on the Diamondbacks, right? We got another. Right. I, I think I, I think I have to go to bedtime. Maybe. All right, we'll wrap it up. Oh, nice! So, folks, there you there you heard the words out of my son, the gambler. Uh, it's always nice to bring in a little family activity into the uh, into the podcast, and it was fun tonight. Uh, then we were joined not only by one of his daughters, but by the second daughter. So we had a little little get together, and the producer director uh, said it's time to go to bed, and that wrapped up the uh, the gambling podcast. But uh, man, oh man, my head's spinning. Uh, tough to make money out of gambling, but it's legal. And you heard Andrew forty one. Uh, venues you can you can gamble legally in the united states and uh you know it's uh something that i'd rather play blackjack but be that as it may so uh this was the uh, opening gambling segment of the show and uh, uh we're going to uh, continue to do on the live side of baseball as the uh, season progresses so for spotify and uh, apple itunes and uh, soundcloud Jamie Retsky saying, have a great day, and we will join you uh, soon for another episode in Season 6. And we'll talk about that a little bit more as we get going. So thank you, and have a great night.